Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome back to Wild On Season 4, the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wonderful, wild world of wrestling. On Wednesdays. Today's guest is not a professional wrestler. She's a comedian. But the parallels between being a female comedian and a female professional wrestler is something I just couldn't keep ignoring. The people getting married are stressed out. The people there have somewhere else they'd rather be. It just feels like a very expensive way to tell people, you can't fuck me anymore. <laughs> My uncle's like, bummer. <laughs> She's gone from hoe to housewife. Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Brittany Schmidt. So I don't know how much of a deep dive you did on the podcast, but my background is in professional wrestling. And obviously, uh-huh. we love this. <laughs> obviously, Brittany Schmidt, yes, not a professional yes. wrestler. So what the fuck not are we yet. doing? <laughs> not yet. Let's not rule me out. Okay? This, this could be the moment. <laughs> I've gotten in one fight in my life. Okay, let's go there. Right away. Oh, God. Right away. Okay. Um, <laughs> I regret it. Let's start with that. Um, What's the age range? In, I'm in college. Okay. Junior year of college. And I had a roommate who just became a tyrant. Like, oh, no. she went to spring break and, like, took all of my favorite, like, Forever 21 clothes, um, which was all I could afford at the time. And they never came back. And I was like, what happened to that dress? And she's like, oh, I started it on fire and i was like what <laughs> like okay were you ever gonna tell me that and she's like well no it's like from forever 21 which like good point you know it's useless and meant to be worn once but like Still. i was in college and broke and it was my favorite dress um and then she came home one night from the bar and she was bleeding somehow something was bleeding like she had <laughs> fallen or something and my mom was coming to my apartment the next day and I hadn't like left my room or really my apartment and seen what had happened. But my mom comes in like freaking the fuck out and she's like, what the fuck happened? There's a trail of blood from the front door, like a literal trail of blood from the front door all the way to our apartment door. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. And then I went out and I saw that she had like thrown up blood all over my futon which was like again I'm in college I'm poor I have like three items sure. it was that forever 21 dress a futon and like a pizza you know what I mean like that's all I had Essentials. and then yeah exactly <laughs> and so I was like hey you need to like clean this up so my mom's like scrubbing blood out of the <sighs> hallway to make it look less like a murder scene and she's like I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna go like drink Bloody Marys and I was like okay your priorities are a little fucked <laughs> and then <laughs> and then she was dating one of my friends and she started cheating on him which is like whatever it's fine it's college but i was like let's maybe not like um cheat on him just break up with him you know yeah and she came back and she was just like being a messy bitch we had like a long day at the beach where we were drinking and (laughs) she was just like i'm gonna go like back this other guy and like if eric calls like you need to like tell and i was like i'm not fucking doing this i'm not doing this i'm like you're a fucking mess you need to get your shit together and she like got in my face and then i punched her in the face and first of all what a rush i mean (laughs) okay what was your first thought when you hit her um finally like (laughs) finally (laughs) and then the second thought was 
fuck i think i broke my hand oh no um, yeah i didn't hit her right so i still like don't have like the knuckle you know how they get yep. like boxers fractures yeah i they don't have dissolve. like a knuckle in this hand <laughs> so i think like long term i lost the fight because i'm probably gonna have arthritis when i'm like 40 but short term i won um and you have yeah, this she, story yeah and she didn't stand a fucking chance and then <laughs> She came to move her stuff out. Like, she comes with her parents to move her stuff out. Yeah. And her mom was just like, her mom was like, we used to hit her when she was a kid, too. And I was like, oh, that makes it darker. That's really sad. That's really fucked up. Um, but no, she's like moving her oh stuff out. And she had another one of my shirts on while she was moving. And I was like, hey. While you're moving out, I'm going to need you to give me my fucking shirt back that's on your back right now. And she was just like, oh, my God, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I was like, again, I have $7. I need that shirt. <laughs> I mean, so, she had it coming. Totally had it coming. But that doesn't mean you get to put your hands on somebody unless you're no. a professional wrestler and that's what they're paying you to do. <laughs> Correct. But I yeah. mean, like, she's still here forever. 21 dress, your best dress. I know. Such a whore. Fire. There was fire yeah. involved. And it was so casually vomit. mentioned too. It was just like <laughs> I started it on fire, like as if they were like out of like those Dura flame logs, and they're like, you know what? It's highly flammable. This fucking dress. I mean, if I were to choose an item of my clothing, it would be Forever Twenty One totally. as fire starter. Uh -huh. I, yeah, hundred percent. I don't think any of it has survived this. Like, I, I'm in Toronto. Uh, there's, yeah. there's no Forever Twenty One anymore. We've, yeah, we've banned. They went out them. of business. <laughs> they went, they're gone. Like, they were like, this isn't sustainable even for us. So. However, I'm 36 now, and like, I'm thankful that they're gone because, like, I'd probably still shop there. Like, I could afford better, but I, a hundred percent. Well, it's like, yeah, you wear it once, and then it starts to like unravel off your body it's mid party, and you're like, what am I, what am I doing with my life? But then, like, in college, that doesn't matter because I'm like, the clothes are coming off anyway. You know what I mean? true you're just <laughs> yeah. halfway there yeah exactly i'm like i honestly like i'm hooking up with a guy i'm like you can pull this like a fucking toy and the whole thing just falls off your body you're welcome i've done this for you yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you're welcome i'm poor <laughs> well the thing about professional wrestling and comedy and being a female I, I feel like there's these like parallel lives we're running and no one's brought attention to it being like a glam female comedian i imagine people put you in a different box like do you find that people don't take you as seriously out the well, gate well first of all i'm not glam right now you i'm girl I've been, I've been balls deep in a fucking murder documentary and i was like oh shit the podcast. <laughs> um so no i'm not glam right now yeah no it's interesting so i've had like kind of this struggle my entire career where like when i first started doing comedy i was single and i would like very like sex myself up and get on stage and i was very confident and then all these people just started telling me nobody's paying attention to your jokes like even if they're good they're just looking at they're just looking at you like a sex object yep. and I was like well that's what I want you know <laughs> like, so it's working where's the um, problem <laughs> right I was like okay um no and then like once I got married and I got sober I I became more like introverted and not like less confident but more just like I started and I you can't like I don't dress this way when I'm recording anything but when I yeah. do shows I'll wear like my husband's clothes like I look like a fucking garbage man because I'm like I just need to figure out if these jokes work and I don't want the outfit to be a factor like I don't want to be like this joke worked because I'm dressed like this. It's like, I need to know if the jokes work because the jokes work. So I dress myself down when I do comedy. 
And then just this year, I stopped. I was like, I'm dressing down because sometime in the very like far, far past, somebody told me I was distracting and I decided I was distracting. And like, and that like ingrained itself in me. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, no, my sexiness is a superpower. And like being able to also be funny is like a very rare combination because there are many, many, many beautiful comedians. Totally. And then many, many, many hilarious comedians. The crossover isn't a ton. And I'm not saying I'm there yet. I'm not saying I'm like hilarious and beautiful <laughs> and perfect. Like I'm definitely not there yet. I'm saying but it for I, you. It's fine. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, no, but I decided to just lean into it because I'm like I want to get dressed for work like I don't work in an office anymore I, where am I going to wear all these fucking forever 21 clothes <laughs> you know <laughs> like, I gotta get it's a one time use I gotta do it <laughs> yeah I gotta fucking do it yeah no so I started leaning into it again where I'm like no if I can pull this off and do both yeah and be both you know, and Nikki Glazer does it. Amy yep. Schumer does it. Yep. Chelsea Handler. Well, she dresses down a little bit more. She wears like jumpsuits, but like there's a there's a lane for it. So it just people will tell you no. And then you just have to decide what the fuck you want to do. Yeah. No, it's it's really, really, really strange because I went through that with wrestling. Uh, you know, when I first started, I wanted to be taken seriously as this athlete. I didn't want to be just the brawn panty matches. I wanted to be an athlete and I wanted to carve out my own lane, basically. Mm-hmm. And I did what I had to do. Uh, I worked really hard. I made it to WWE. It didn't work out because I wasn't that like quintessential 90s porn star. And then mm-hmm. I think for a long time I dimmed my light just kind of being like this like kid sister type and I, you know, wrestle in like little outfits, but I wasn't I wasn't like out there with the way I felt inside. Like I don't think I was really tapping into like, you know, my like divine feminine or whatever. And the older right. I get, the more I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what do I give a shit if that makes anyone uncomfortable? It's so interesting too how sexuality is such a threat. To totally. People. It's like a threat to everyone. We all have our own sexuality, whether or not like I think you're sexy or you think I'm sexy doesn't matter. Someone thinks we're all sexy. You yes, know what I mean? Totally. Like we all have that in us. And it's like people will try to tell you, like, don't use that. Don't da 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 da. But I'm like, hey, I'm aging like a fucking banana here. Like I'm a white woman. <laughs> yeah. So I have like 10 more years to let this freak flag fly and sure. let this shit out. Because otherwise, like it's it's a wrap for your girl. You yeah. know what I mean? No one's going to want to see my fucking ass in 10 years. So yeah, I'm just like so sick of people fucking telling me what I should and shouldn't do yeah. um, in terms of my looks or even like what I'm talking about. Like I you know, I just put this special out and I had a friend of mine who's like a very established comedian send me like this really long text. And basically it said, stop talking about sex. (sighs) Um, It's no stakes to watch a hot girl talk about sex. It's like watching a rich person talking about spending money. And I'm like, and I, my feelings were really hurt because obviously like it's the day my special drops and you know, you have all this like anticipation and excitement. Like I, you know, I filmed it a year ago, but I was so excited for the world to see it. And then somebody that I valued so highly um, told me to stop talking about sex. And then I was like, oh, wait, you're just another white guy who can't fuck me. And that is triggering to you. And like, I'm sorry, that's triggering to you, but I'm not going to stop talking about sex because it's literally all I know. (laughs) (laughs) Having a vagina is powerful. And and who made these rules that like, you know, you can't show cleavage or you can't you can't wear the best, you know, little Forever 21 clothes. White men, white men who are it's a problem for them because they can't control their own fucking boners. So (laughs) 
here we are 100%. dimming our light why what we are right. we are the fucking powerful ones it's just them like trying to hold us back and your special is so fucking funny <laughs> like, oh thank you honestly you did an amazing job and i thought it was funny because here you are this gorgeous woman talking about sex and like yeah in a way that i can relate to well and i'd i'd rather have you be my audience than <laughs> You know what I mean? Right? Like, I, I'm just like, I don't need an, a dinosaur well, that, to fucking approve. That's it. Like, it's it's this like, and that's kind of where we are with wrestling, where we have all these beautiful women of different shapes and sizes and women at home can be like, oh, girl, that, that looks right. like me. And like that, I, like, I feel like that's where you're going with your comedy. You're mm-hmm. you're speaking to like your people, like your girlfriends. And I think that's what sets you apart from what a lot of women are doing in comedy right now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. And like you, I am a newly sober person. I haven't had a drink since January. Congratulations. Thank you. It was an organic thing for me. But um, one thing I wanted to go back on is you say you became more introverted when you stopped mm. drinking. Do you think you were always introverted and the drink just like? Yeah, I was. I was always introverted as a kid. I always really wanted to fit in and I didn't. Um, it was so funny when I was when I was a kid, I just, I wanted so bad to be like fucking popular and it. And like, I was like, why does nobody like me? Like I was like, I I didn't get it. And then I found booze when I was like 15 and it was just like, I drank it. And I was like, I have arrived. Like, because I spent so much time so worried about like what everyone thought of me and wanting friends. And then I feel like alcohol was like my kind of like my superpower where I was like, Oh, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck if you like me. I don't give a fuck. Like, I just finally didn't give a fuck. And it was such a relief. I was like, oh, my God, magic, like absolutely (laughs) magic. And then the magic wears off, you know, as it does. And, you know, I had some stuff to deal with. My mom had borderline personality disorder. Okay. So she was like incredibly unwell my whole life. And I kind of like, she told me when I was very young, like in a horrible way, she's like, you're going to be an alcoholic, just like your father, like you're going to blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'll fucking show you an alcoholic, bitch. <laughs> and then I did. And then I was a full brother. Yeah, I was like, gotcha, bitch. I'm dying over here. Um, and then I finally, I remember when she died, I was just like, thank fucking god like i don't have to keep drinking at this person anymore like i can take my life back and literally the day after like the morning after her funeral was the last time i had a drink so that was december 11th of 2017 and i am so grateful because like alcohol was just killing me congratulations but sorry that was a really roundabout way to when i was in my (laughs) drinking i was like very extroverted very in your face very party girl okay and i thought i loved that shit and then when i stopped drinking i was like oh wait i don't like people i just like not drinking alone so i like went inward and did a lot of like spiritual work and like work on myself and i'm like oh i don't actually like people i don't like you know and it's hard as a comic not being an extra extrovert because yeah. you do have to like interact with people all the time yeah. but i'm like no <laughs> like, i have a fucking wall up i'm like absolutely not it's the same with me it's like been a yeah. deep dive for two years into spirituality i always knew i didn't like people which is probably mm-hmm. you know drinking makes that better you can tolerate mm-hmm. people uh but how did your comedy change between you know drinking Britney and sober Britney like did did it change 
Oh yeah. I mean, my comedy has changed so much throughout the years. Cause in the beginning, like I said, I was like wild and like drinking all the time and sleeping around. And then I got married and uh, sober and my comedy changed in that I'm a more thoughtful writer and performer and I'm not delusional. Like, yeah, I think for a while when I was drinking and doing comedy, I was delusional. I was like, I'm so good. Why am I not getting blah, 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 blah. And everyone's like, you're wasted. Like, go home, but don't drive, but go home. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I um, was delusional and now I'm able to have a more honest experience with comedy where I'm like, I can get off stage and be like, Oh yeah, I just ate a fucking dick. Like that was, that was. I just ruined some people's nights for sure. Like that was bad. Um, and it's good to have that sort of self awareness. I think drinking keeps you from being really self aware. Right. You know. It, oh it sure. Makes you just like I'm the best. I'm the hottest. Da, da, da. And I'm like, meanwhile, literally, when I used to drink, I was like allergic to alcohol. I would get like hives oh. all over my body. Like there are pictures of me in like full hives. Like. <laughs> Full hives, and I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, I thought I was so hot. And I'm like, how was I getting laid? I was oh getting. God. Somebody took me home that night. They thought she's <laughs> gonna be fine. You know, she needs medical attention, but I'm gonna give her my dick instead. Oh like, my god! So that like allergic drunk, you were like real sloppy then, eh? Like there's like no. It, really? Here's the crazy thing. I wasn't. I sure there were nights where I was sloppy. I was not a sloppy drunk. I have like this scary gene that I got from my father um, who does drink a lot where I could be in a full blackout and nobody would know. Really? Nobody would. I, I would be offline and and nobody would know. Like I would have deep cohesive normal flowing <laughs> conversations and then I'd wake up the next morning and someone would be like I'm so glad we talked about that last night it was so blah 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 and I'm like what I saw you last night <laughs> like, it's so fucking dark but I get it I it's do. so dark yeah it's I the dark arts got a long lineage of uh, alcoholism in my family yeah. and then uh, I'm a firefighter now and I have been for eight years on top of uh, the wrestling and I I you know I see the full, full effect of alcoholism yeah. for better, for worse. And then, you know, even as a first responder, especially like when COVID hit, we were like, are we going to die? Yeah. <laughs> is this it? Because <laughs> this is the end. Yeah. Like, this is what I signed up for, but like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the drinking definitely increased around COVID. And then, you know, it just, I got to this point where it's like, I'm not even enjoying it anymore. Like, yeah. did you get to that point? Well. I think a lot of people get to that point and then they can't stop because yeah. it's an addiction, you know, and it's so insidious and it'll just steal your whole life from yep. you if you let it yep. like it absolutely will. And, you know, my dad still drinks and he's fine. Like he's like one of those probably textbook alcoholics, yeah. but like but he's fun and lovely and like <laughs> doesn't hurt anyone and he's fine. But then he married when he remarried my ex stepmom who was my stepmom for many many years um was an alcoholic but a bad one like uh. a fucking troll drunk go around the house slamming the doors like my dad would have to take the doors off the hinges oh boy and i remember the first time i brought my husband home he's like why are the doors off the hinges i was like oh because leanne is too you know what i mean like she's nuts like she will and she you know that ended brutally but like seeing just like that sort of abusive verbally physically abusive and just just insanity and then like she'd wake up and be like i don't know what happened oh. and i'm like oh really because you just like 
scarred us all for the rest of our lives yeah. last night. When she was sober, she was fine. You know what I mean? And then she just was never sober. So. What people don't understand is it really is such a disease. Like no yeah. one wakes up in the morning and A, wants to feel like ass from whatever mm. they drank the night before. But no one wants to be that inebriated, whether it's alcohol yeah. or drugs. Like it's such a trauma response. And the veil is so thin between us and the people on the street or in shelters that didn't have a support system, a couple of bad decisions. And you know, mental health issues without mm -hmm. whatever. And I think, you know, we joke about it because dark humor is 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 the way to my soul. But uh yeah. <laughs> and heart. But yeah, it's it's fucking heavy, man. It's Yeah, it is heavy. And I feel like LA the homelessness has gotten so bad in the last year and it's all drug addiction. Yep. You know, it's all meth. And I just look at like young girls and not to be like why are you here and someone oh, else true. deserves to be there like not that but i'm just like what the fuck happened yeah you know oh, like yeah. society has structured it for you to be successful and you're on the street smoking meth yeah i know and it's, it's dark like uh, firefighters in toronto we're cross-trained to be like basically paramedics at, like like um we basically do CPR, we do whatever we can to basically maintain the scene until paramedics get there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what we're being trained in now is talking people essentially off the cliff from suicide, mm. whereas before we kind of just dealt with the after effects, like mm -hmm. clean up and- And how is that? Like, have you had to do that? Yeah, actually. The thing about it that is very different since covid it's it's not your you know crazy guy on the street that you think right. is like schizophrenic or whatever it's like you know someone that works at city hall who is yeah. not coping you know our everyone's system's broken like we, i was just uh, i was with my botox technician before i talked to you mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and, and that's why my face is so moving this is why i look so young today yeah nothing can bend yeah um but like you know, COVID came two years, fast and furious, took everybody out of their normal situations. What if you're, you know, like a stay at home, single mom, you work from home now and you're like big day out is going to the grocery store. Like it's not, it's not fucking healthy. And I, I think we're seeing like the knock on effects of isolation. How was COVID for you? Like where are you in LA? I am in LA and I hate to say this, but it was awesome. Oh, introverts um, fucking unite. It was, yeah, it was a dream. <laughs> I wrote a book. Oh, wow. I had this idea for this book that I started writing in college about just like all of my sexcapades and all my dumb shit that I did. And I started writing it. And then I had like one of those IMAX, like the desktop ones. Yeah. And I like brought it with me to LA <laughs> and then I got to LA and it just died. And this is before the cloud existed and I didn't like email it to myself. So I lost the book and I was like devastated. And then I remember right when COVID was hitting, I was in Joshua Tree with my husband and my friend Dana and I was on a walk and I was talking to Dana about the book and she was like, oh my God, you have to write that now because there's like a story arc. Like before yeah. it would have been very similar to like Chelsea Handler's My Horizontal Life where it's all just like sex, sex, sex and there's no resolution. But she's like, now you're sober and you're married. And like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. things have changed. And so um, it was literally one of the most, God, I, I hope I get another creative experience like that in this lifetime oh, because it was like, I'm not typically an early riser. Yeah. Um, I don't go to bed late either. I just like sleep a lot. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. if I can. Oh. But I would wake up like at 6 or 7 a.m. without an alarm clock, just like ready to write, go in the other room, 
write until about noon, go for a walk, get lunch, come back, write until like seven. I think the first draft, which was like 400 some pages, was out of me in like three weeks. Wow. And then, yeah, the editing process was gnarly. The editing process took months. But yeah, I I wrote a book and it's not published yet, but it will be eventually. And and it was just like a really nice year to like turn off. And like, especially as a comic, I think it's really easy to look at other comics and what they're doing and be like, well, this person's getting this thing and this person's getting this thing. And why am I not getting anything? And it was just nice that nobody was getting anything. Yeah. And we could just chill. Totally. Yeah. You could just yeah. be one with yourself. Well, I think that's yeah. amazing. Good for you. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait for it to get its big publishing okay. deal. And uh, one day. One day. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's go back around to that spirituality, though. What practices are you still kind of carrying on with you to this day that's kind of saved your life? Transcendental meditation changed my life forever. Okay. Are you a TM gal? Uh, you know what? I'm into kind of everything. Like I relate okay. to, like I know what it is, but I'm kind of like, I'm still dabbling in absolutely everything. everything. So I had been hearing about like Jerry Seinfeld and Howard Stern and all these big guys being like, TM is fucking insane. Like yeah. it changes your life. You do have to pay to go get trained, which I think is what turns a lot of people off from it. Sure. Um, Cause it's like several hundred dollars. I not knowing now what it has done for me yeah. uh, would pay thousands of dollars for it because the way they describe it when you're getting trained is your mind is like an ocean and on top it's always, well, not always, but sometimes it's going to be very bumpy and you're going to be very reactive and have anxiety and yep. um, stress and all that stuff. But beneath it's always calm. Like underneath is always calm. So what TM does is they give you a specialized mantra and then you sit with it for 20 minutes, twice a day and it returns your mind to that state of calm um, so that throughout the day you're not as easily triggered like I you know even with stand-up like the anxiety about going on stage has just it's not gone because it wouldn't be healthy if it was gone I wouldn't anytime I'm not nervous for a show I bomb anytime I'm like I'm gonna light this fucking room up I fucking bomb Um, so that wouldn't be good but it just made me like calm and at ease and yeah I mean I just accessed a part of myself I didn't know existed now did you were you afraid that not afraid but like investing in it did you think like oh, I can't sit there and just turn my brain off like was it life-changing when you had the training I didn't have any fear because at that point I was so desperate mm. for things to change that I was like, well, I mean, worst case scenario, I lose 500 bucks right. and then like, I don't ever use this again, but that wasn't the case. It was literally when I sat down to get trained with my, the person who was training me, he gives me the mantra. He tells you to say it out loud a few times, which you don't do when you do the normal meditation. And then says like, go inward. And it like, I felt like I lifted off of my chair. Really? Like, it was like, I, it was so, and I, I think maybe if it wasn't that instant, I wouldn't have believed in it, Sure. but it was, I, li- I have never experienced anything like it in my life before where I just like went into a different state of consciousness. And I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> like, this is really powerful. Okay. So, you sold me. You've sold yeah. me. I'm going to go yeah. commit then. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Anything that helps. Like I'm really into like rituals and, you know, burning incense and reading my mm-hmm. cards and and I am doing Ooh, way- I love cards. Do you love cards? I love cards. Oh my god. Do you, do you I ever- just started reading my own. <gasps> um, it's the best. Yeah. It's the yeah. best. Do you ever uh, use a pendulum? 
Uh-uh. Oh, pendulum is great for that like yes or no questions and you get to really tap into spirit and you feel like it's like mm. channeling through you. But yeah, anything that would like I, I know I need to meditate and I just I'm such an like anxious active person that I find like mm -hmm. the only time I can really meditate is when I'm doing yoga and that's not the same fucking thing that's just like slowing right. everything down so right that's something I need and like I, I do Reiki and to me that sounds a lot like a Reiki experience where you mm -hmm. like my have you ever done Reiki yourself mm -hmm. yes my arms literally levitate off the table every time I do Reiki and I can't put them down and it my arm like I'm so jacked after a session <laughs> because yeah. my arms have been up for 45 yeah. minutes but you're like I didn't do it. I couldn't put my arms down. I didn't put my arms up. Like there's something right. so much bigger than you out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's once you finally realize, cause I think for so long when I was in my alcoholism and self-centeredness, um, I didn't believe in God. I was like that. I didn't believe in God, but not because I couldn't believe in a higher power, but because I went to Catholic school growing up and those kids were such assholes. I was like, <laughs> God's not real if that's your daddy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you guys are fucking brutal. So <laughs> I just never, I think, believed in it. And then when I got sober, it's like, you know, the program I'm in asks you to look to a higher power. And I didn't believe in one. And I was having a really hard time with it. And then I was sitting writing one day. And my dog started barking, like, just going fucking crazy at the gardener. And yeah. I had, like, this thought where I was just like, oh, you poor little thing. You don't know that you're fine and you're safe. And I'm like, you can act like that if you want to, but, like, it's not going to change anything and you're good. And then I was like, oh, my God, that is how my higher power looks at me. Yeah. Like, I was like, there's no way that I'm the top of the intelligence <laughs> because I'm not that smart. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's how my higher power looks at me. When then I'm, like, in traffic, like, freaking out, being like, fucking move. They're like, you can do that if you want, but you're fine, you know? So that Isn't was kind that, of when I, yeah. That's so weird, those, like, sober moments where you, like, you're outside of yourself looking in and you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this all makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so much easier with spirituality because you're just trying to be the best version of yourself versus following the set of like antiquated rules that don't apply to you, shit on women and marginalize everybody really. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm with no, you I love that. it. I love the spiritual journey. I feel like that's what I'm here for. Me too. Comedy's like my side hustle. Spirituality is my main thing. Oh, do you think you're going to have a comedy special then about spirituality? No, because it's not funny. No. <laughs> it's not funny to be like in tune with myself and kind to people in traffic. Touche, yeah. touche. It's, it's our dirty little secret. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let here. anyone know that I'm actually Don't doing fine. <laughs> Wild Ones, whether you prefer to watch or listen to podcasts, Wild On has got you covered. For your viewing pleasure, go on over to the Wild On YouTube channel so you never miss an episode and don't forget to subscribe or listen to Wild On anywhere you enjoy podcasts. Okay, I don't want to keep you forever, but I feel like we could, we, there's so much more. We could but, go on forever. <laughs> I just want to end this with my top 10 tailor-made questions. Okay. Uh, <laughs> name one beauty product you cannot live without. Ooh, uh, the bare minerals complexion cream. Oh. It's like uh, it's like at SPF and it's like if you don't want to do your full face of makeup, it is just like one and done. Do that in your eyebrows and you're out the door. I like it. I love it. Yeah. Favorite exercise. 
squats to get that ass fat. Yeah, get that ass. Ass, 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 ass. <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? Drake. <laughs> I won't tell him. It's fine. <laughs> if you know him, give him my number. I've been trying to find him forever. <laughs> is that like your? Is that like your one with your husband? Like, do you guys have that? Or like? Yeah, we've allowed? talked about it. My husband. My husband doesn't think Drake would fuck me. We have this fight all the time. Where I'm like, Drake would definitely fuck. I'm not Why? saying he would give me his number, but like. <laughs> He would for sure fuck me once and be like, the door's that way, your Uber is outside, and it's an Uber pool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why doesn't he think you are fuckable by Drake? I don't understand. I mean, he just is like, what are you thinking? Like, you're not, you know, he's like, you're 10 years too old for him. And I'm like, okay, but listen, I could be Drake's mistake, you know? <laughs> okay, next time you're in Toronto, we'll go down to King Street as sober friends and right. Drake just appears usually so right. we'll, we'll sort this out <laughs> we'll, for you we'll find up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your biggest pet peeve a really obnoxious laugh oh dear so this has been painful for you then I've been cackling no. the whole time no 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 <laughs> no no you have a great laugh there are some laughs that like get into my spine oh, and like gosh. they don't leave for the rest of my life like and it's not usually at a comedy show because if I'm at a comedy show I'm like I'm working I get you're just doing the thing you're supposed to be doing it's like if I'm at a brunch you know and there's someone that's like laughing too hard I'll get up and leave I'm like I have to I have to, I have to excuse myself you're ruining my life I mean like I feel like you're a real masochist that that's your biggest pet peeve is someone's yeah. shit laugh and yeah shows in a career interesting yeah this is yeah. interesting <laughs> What is or who is your favorite band or artist? Blink-182. Oh, classic. Sorry. It's just like, yeah, that's just like, you know, the sweet spot of my childhood. Where I was like, these people get me. <laughs> Do you have a secret vice like drinking a glass of wine in the shower? No, because that would be breaking my sobriety. <laughs> well, not the wine. Yeah. It could be something else. Um, no, my secret vice is that I'm not sober. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. My secret vice is that I do meth on the boardwalk on the weekends. No, it's not even a secret anymore. I just fucking vape. I'm a serial vapist and I need okay. to stop. Uh, is it just nicotine? Yeah. Because everyone here Nothing. that vapes, it's it's all marijuana. Yeah, I, I can't do I'm Yeah, I can't. Yeah, it's I too relapsed on weed last year and I'm like, it's not. It's not uh. my story. Fair enough. Well, they, you know, it, we're all fucking addicts. This is the thing. You just turn something into heroin. I know. It's just a fucking whack-a-mole. I like wake up and I'm like, where's my vape? <laughs> like, Do you sleep no with meaning. it? Do you sleep huh? with it? No. Okay. God, no. Thank God. That would be next level. It's like my butt plug. I just like pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's way more of a vice. But we'll go with vaping. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so the question is, what wrestler has the best entrance music? Did, did you watch wrestling growing up? No, I didn't. I wasn't allowed to watch TV, so oh, um, I'm okay. really, yeah, I'm not going to have that for what you. What would your entrance music be? Ooh, probably Give Me More by Britney Spears. Because <laughs> it starts off with, it's Britney, bitch, <laughs> and then I just walk in. I mean, it writes itself, give doesn't me, it? <laughs> Give me, give and then me. I'd get my ass kicked. <laughs> no, no. Well, well maybe. Yeah. maybe it what was your me. song? Or what is your song? Well, I've been really lucky. My first song that I came out to, the company makes your music. So it was okay. like this instru instrumental thing. And funny enough, I said, 
make it across between Britney Spears toxic and like something that sounds like Missy Elliott. And it's like the most annoying non hype. song. I fucking hate yeah, it. Yeah, my yeah. first yeah, entrance great. music. And then my second entrance music, I retired for 10 years, came back. My producer and editor of the show, she actually wrote the music and it was based on like bikini, Gro- bikini kills rebel girl. So it's like, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, got a good second song. Oh, yeah. I got a great you got a good comeback song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. First one is painful. Fuck. Uh, what is your non-alcoholic drink of choice? Um, I love a sparkling water, like a flavored sparkling water. I'm just a very basic bitch, you know. I'm deep I'm down on that. I've got yeah. I've got boobly water in here right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what has been your most embarrassing moment on stage? <laughs> Okay, I know. <laughs> I was going between two in my head and I'm like, no, there's such a clear winner. So <laughs> when I was early in comedy, I got a really a, a gig I should not have gotten. This big headliner brought me to Vegas with him to open for him. And he's okay. like, you have 12 minutes, right, of material. And I was like, yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, I had maybe seven. And so I thought I'll do the new stuff first and then the old stuff I'll go out with a bang. Right. And I get on stage. It's a packed house, full room thousands of people and no pressure and I go up and I just start fucking bombing I'm sweating <sighs> like Shaq like Shaq at the foul line just like fucking I'm like oh this isn't good some guy goes on his phone and starts playing the crickets <laughs> and then they started lighting me which is like you have to get off stage and I was like three minutes in and I got off and then I went and I was like I have to leave the building like I can't be here and we had another show at midnight so I had to like go back to my hotel room and get my shit together and I got in the elevator with these three guys and I didn't even look up and then one of the guys was like hey are you okay are you okay and I was like not really and I look up and it was A-Rod and his buddies they were there for like his birthday they're like we're going out do you want to come out with us and I was like no no I don't uh, not at all and they're like what, what are you doing and I was like I'm gonna go I have to go do another comedy show and they're like you want to come and I was like no nope and then i went back to my hotel room and i like laid in the bath and i was like it is really good there's not a toaster nearby like i just was like laid in the bath and then i like got my shit together went and did the second show just did my new stuff my the stuff that i knew i could do and then it was a haunted experience i was not the same i'm still not the same (laughs) so a rod couldn't save you no one like no nothing was taking you out of that mood no i was so sad (laughs) i think that's one of my favorite stories on the podcast Yeah, it's like come out for my birthday, and I'm like, no, I have, I have a date with the toaster in a bag. <laughs> Sorry, it's amazing. Okay, yeah. last one. Finish this lyric. <clears throat> All the small things. Oh damn it! Yay! Get, <laughs> it, get it! Truth brings. She left me roses by the stairs. Surprises that I know I care. Yay! Say it ain't so. I, 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 I just don't stop. <laughs> do the whole song. Go. I do going. the whole album. <laughs> Okay, next, Adam Sonko. Uh, (laughs) Well, where can our listeners find you on social media? Uh, Instagram, Um, Twitter? Brittany Schmidt, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-S-C-H-M-I-T-T. Some people think there's a D in my last name, but there's not because I took them all in college. Um, (laughs) And then I don't really, I don't tweet, so don't even bother with that. And then my special is on YouTube um, from Hoda Housewife. Hoda Housewife, yeah. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you for having me. It was so good chatting. 
I know Brittany Schmidt is not a professional wrestler. However, she is a very, very babely comedian. And it was a good laugh. And we still talked about really inappropriate things. And I hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, and as usual, I, I have fallen in love with her. So, you know, some things stayed the same. But I could not and would not, speaking the same, want to do this podcast without my badass punk rock girl band, The Wild On Team. My queen, right hand woman, editor and producer, Rochelle Duris. My woman, my queen, who does all the things I don't understand, but I need social media, marketing, Madison Golshani. Girl, I love you. And for all our backup, studio tech sound, crapola that none of us seem to understand. Matteo Cesar from Superkick Studios in Toronto. Thank you guys. I love you. And until next week, stay calm and wild on. Or keep calm and wild on. Bye!